Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, and I am so stoked. We are in a new book of the Bible here for us. We're looking at Revelation. And uh, no, it doesn't mean that we've uh, read Genesis uh, all the way on through uh, you know, Second Peter and Jude and the rest. Uh, no, it just means that we are, we are as we were saying uh, last time, we're kind of connecting the dots here in this uh, this track that we've been following through uh, Scripture through this last year, starting all the way with John's uh, Gospel uh, about one year ago, and now in John's Apocalypse. And so here we are in the second chapter of Revelation. You actually get these little letters to the angels of these different churches? What does that mean? The angel of the church in Ephesus, the angel of the church in Smyrna and, and all the rest of them. We're sending letters to angels? What, what exactly does that mean? And, you know, just by the way, like how about all these cities, Smyr Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira? Where, where are all these places and what's going on? Uh, it's not a chapter that appears in the lectionary, so there, there's a lot of questions, but in the midst of it all, you got some really cool uh, lines, just a lot of, um, like, powerful images, right? Um, you know, we have the Lord saying here, I will come to you soon in war against them with the sword of my mouth, right? Um, so you've got like these powerful images and words of reassurance, um, but just all, also a lot of words of uh, judgment and um, criticism, words that really we should take to heart ourselves as the church, because, hey, just because we're the church um, doesn't mean that we're doing everything right. We are all in need of repentance. That's a big theme here today. And joining us, we've got uh, one of our regular guests. We've got, he's back. It's Pastor John Lukomsky, <laughs> pastor uh, in Southern Illinois. And actually, I, the last time we had you, I just totally just spaced it here. I'm also co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO Saturdays at 9 a.m. Central. Sorry about that. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I, I have a couple of questions to ask you, AJ. Okay. Yeah. So, so number one, I, I understand you're teaching, right? You're teaching at the university there? Um, that, that's something that I have done. I'm not doing anything this semester, okay. but, um, but, but right. Yes. That, that I, responsibility I often falls on you and, and you're working to complete your doctorate, right? You're working on your that's thesis right. right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, right. and, and apparently you've also, uh, working at a church cause I know you were telling me you were preaching. You preached, uh, uh for, back uh, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Back on Ash Wednesday. So, so, yeah, that's right. No, I'm, um, as no, I'm primarily trying to focus on on the PhD, but uh, I do okay. I do serve. I have the privilege of serving as the part time assistant pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and, in and, Irvine, California. Okay, yeah. and you also have a family. How many How many kids have you got? Two little ones, one and three. Okay, and and you want to do Revelation? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Matthew. Well, Matthew is easy. Yeah. John is a little harder, but better than Revelation. My goodness, AJ, don't you have well, enough no. to keep you busy? <laughs> no, I, no. The thing is, I, I think I think. Well, the thing is, okay, you raise a good point. Revelation, right? It's just so yeah. easy to just just misunderstand and there's just kind of minds everywhere right yeah um and and you really you just you just walk into the stuff and it just blows up in your face but i i like what we've done here on thy strong word for the past year because and we were talking about this this yes uh, last time but <clears throat> like starting off with the gospel of john looking at john's letters going back to the old testament so we could get a lot of this imagery from yep. numbers and from joshua and then you know very importantly some of those um those latter prophets uh, we, we got daniel and you got zechariah that was kind of opening our eyes up 
to this sort of apocalyptic metaphor imagery stuff. So I feel like we've kind of got ourselves in the perfect spot that if we ever were going to understand Revelation the right way, (laughs) it would be after you read all the stuff that we just read. (laughs) Well, I will grant you that. See, now I'm glad I raised the question because (laughs) you're right. In context of the things that we've been doing, this is a good time. But it's a lot of work to do Revelation. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is. But I will, I will go ahead and um, just give another shout out, though. The Concordia Commentary Series, this has got to be one of the high points of the series here. Yes, You've yeah. got um, the Concordia Commentary on Revelation written by Dr. Lou Brighton. Yes, just, yeah. um, who is, who just, is my professor. And, and yes. yeah, and man, you could not do better than him in terms of of trying to understand the very, very difficult book of Revelation. Yes, yeah. Yeah. you know, no, it's 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 just it's just brilliant um, in terms of just the way that he uh, looks at kind of the big picture ideas. But then, I mean, just some of the stuff. I mean, yeah, I remember just looking at some of the things he had written about, like the definite article and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, I mean, he just yeah. see he you'd love all, that <laughs> as a linguist. You'd love that. <laughs> he gets into it's it's the big stuff and the little stuff. He does yeah. he does both levels just uh, brilliantly. So it's just a fantastic. And um, as, as, long, as long as we're giving a plug to that book, let me point out to the lay people that are listening to us, at, at each chapter he has these these language things that, yes, A.J. would love and, and probably salivate <laughs> over. And, and probably most of the lay people say, I have no idea. I don't even know what a definite article is. But then he <laughs> follows it with like a written commentary. And I think almost anybody could, well, I, anybody could, you know, the, the written commentary would certainly be worth your while to get it. Uh, that's right. That's right. You don't you don't need to know Greek um, to to read the commentary at all. Um, yeah. it, it might be a little bit helpful um, if when you're looking at some of the stuff they talks about to at least know what sounds yeah. the, the Greek yeah. letters make. But that that's kind of about it, really. And and, and then you can really pretty fully I mean, appreciate what he what he's doing. Um, it doesn't require like a specialist's no, knowledge. No, really. it's no, very no, accessible. No, no. So. Well, that's a, it's a great book because it does, has the stuff for the people that that are the specialists that are looking for the language insights. But it also has the stuff for the people that just just tell me what what it is that's going on here. Right, uh, right, yeah, right. it's like you said, it's an impressive work. Well, all right, let's go ahead. And I don't We've get any money of... from Concordia either. You don't either, do <laughs> yeah. you? No, we're no not I don't. Getting... Think, I, don't, no, I, don't no, no. I haven't. I haven't seen any checks. No, you know, so no. I, I just. I'm, we're just. We're just. This is just an honest to goodness recommendation, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, all right. So we've got four little chunks here uh, today. It, you know, it's these different. Um, these seven churches are the ones that we talked about in chapter one. So we're hitting four of them today. Uh, there's a lot. So there's a lot of ground to cover, actually. Um, and so let's go ahead and dive into this without any further ado. As we do, would you say a prayer for us and for everyone listening along today? Lord, as we always pray to you, and especially when you come to books like Revelation, we, we are humbled and, and reminded that we cannot understand this by our reason or strength, that, that the gift of understanding, the gift of faith is entirely yours by the Holy Spirit. A.G. and I are so, so humbled that you would invite us to be part of this uh, process of helping people grasp your word, and, and we pray that you'll guide us and, and keep us humble and yet help us uh, bring the insights that you would bring to the people who are listening to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Okay. Do you, do you have anything? Now, I already kind of mentioned, you know, kind of where this is situated. You know, chapter one, we had the, you know, the, the vision of the Lord, who is the one bringing the revelation here, right? The The singular revelation, right? It's the thing that's from him. He's showing to his servant, glorious vision, these seven churches. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention about 
uh, chapter one or yeah, broader yeah. context well, well, before we start okay. reading? So the first thing, every every letter is going to begin with a reference back to chapter one. So, yeah. so we're going to see that over and over again, that John is trying to say, look, this is not, I'm not giving you my opinion. This is something that I think that I had these people I needed to write to. No, no, this is all coming back to this source. That, 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 that It's not my revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that'll really be emphasized, and we'll see that. Um, the, th- the thing I want to say in a preliminary way, A.J., whenever I, I come to any book in the New Testament, but particularly in obscure books of the New Testament, our Old Testament. So what's it mean to me? What's it trying to say to the people? Because I spent my life as a preacher. That's what I did for my whole vocation. Uh, and, and so I'm always saying, what is this? What am I going to say to people on a Sunday morning about this? And so here, here's the thing. I would like to take the seven letters, and I'd like to say, oh, here's seven kinds of churches. And so we need to kind of look around us and see if we can see these same kind of churches going on today. And we need to look at our own lives and see if we're doing some of these things. Uh, and so that's how I'd like to deal with it. And, and actually, with the first three churches, that 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 strategy works off pretty good. I, I'm going to identify yeah. three kinds of churches, and yeah. I think this is going on today. And and if we're doing that, you know, we should repent. And if we're doing the good things, well, thank God for that. And, but the problem is, we're going to get to this first church, fourth church in Thyatira, and I think I have no idea how that applies to us today. But but anyway, just so well, I forewarned you. Okay. Okay. All right. So <laughs> All right. I, I, I make sure to, to to make sure to you know keep keep you in line here and not get us uh, to the point where we have oh we just have two minutes to talk about Thyatira. No, no. And, and you get saved by the bell. No, 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 no. None of that. Can't do that. Um, but but no, no I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think I think it lends itself to that. And actually, I'm, I'm I recall as you say all that um, when I was a vicar, uh, my vicarage supervisor uh, selected a, a series put out by Concordia Publishing House called Revelation for Lent. And mm. it does exactly what you were talking about that, you know, each, um, I think it was, yeah, just basically each Wednesday you, you have a different church. Um, I, of course, you know, you typically have seven, but yeah. <laughs> I forget, I, I forget exactly how they broke it down. Maybe, maybe you count Ash Wednesday or you, count, you, you include even like a Holy Thursday. I forget how it worked. Yeah. You'd have but, to double um, up you, somewhere. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, you, you had all these different letters applied to these different, um, you know, aspects of, you know, the, what the church today needs to hear. And, you're, and you really and you really can see it in a lot of ways. So, yeah, to your, to your point, I think it's, uh, well, you know, just look, look at us plugging CPH, man. Okay, <clears throat> but without any further ado, let's go ahead and read this this first one here. Okay, and I think maybe that's the right way to go. It's just kind of read the the whole chunk. And it's yeah. okay if you if you got something that you really want to go back and, uh, and talk about. We, we can let's just let's just get well, through seven well, verses well, here. Before, and, before you do it, you you want to talk about the concept of angel. And that the well, we talked means, about it a little bit last you, time. Okay, so we talked about that means messenger, right? We we clarify right, that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We saw that when we were at the because it was at the end of chapter one that yeah, that, <clears throat> we, there was the seven stars um, that are the the angels, right? And so yeah, that that word there, we we need to be careful with that. And that, I mean, of course, we see that all over the Bible that um, typically, actually, when you look at it, right, like angel usually refers to a human messenger right. in the Bible. Right. Like it is as much as we think it's like, oh, it means like, you know, shiny with wings. Like usually it means a guy. Right. right so right. by the way, so. which, which bugs my wife, because whenever you see an angel, she's always a woman. And, and yet she's never a woman in the Bible. There, well, <laughs> there are there are women with wings, and I think in Ezekiel. But generally, angels are guys. I I, I don't I don't want to make a big deal about that, but that's just a fact. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and I would have brought it up, except my wife would have brought it up, and I got to do that for her sake. Well, uh, okay, very very good, and I think that will 
we'll just let that <laughs> yeah, be let for that right long. now. Yeah, just yeah. Get to let you have the last word on that for the moment. Okay. <laughs> okay. First seven verses here. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place against you, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So, so AJ, maybe we just need to establish the pattern uh, the first verses of each letter are going to connect back to chapter one. In this case, it's yep. the uh, one who holds the seven stars and walks among the seven golden lampstands. So like you said, mm -hmm. that was so it's a reminder. This is the word of Jesus Christ here. This is not the word of John. Uh, um, then you have uh, usually something that's good about the church. And then there's also a, a problem, a thing that needs, as, as the language says here, very clear, you need to repent of this. Okay, and then you also have these, again, sometimes very clear images of blessing. As we get on, sometimes not so clear blessings of images. This one actually is very, very crystal clear about the one who conquers, the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but so, so we talk about the good thing or the problem, or what do you want to talk about first? Well, so you started to bring it up, and I don't, I don't think we need to necessarily hash out um, the angel thing, because we did talk about yeah, that a little no, bit. We, we but, understand. Yeah, but, the, but there is a little a little bit of a thing that actually comes out in verse 1 that actually you kind of get repetitions of, um, and that is, what is the relationship that the angel actually has to the church? Uh, and this is, a, this is a kind of actual, you don't see this very often in Scripture, but you have every once in a while you look at the manuscripts and there's these variants and typically it's just kind of like one place it's just kind of like oh okay right like a scribe you know his eyes you know missed yeah. a letter because yeah. he was tired or whatever and it doesn't really end up changing things too much um but this is one where um the same variation occurs at the beginning of each and every one of these letters as you were mentioning there's like this pattern here um it's not actually each and every one but i think it's the first five here um, which is which is just kind of interesting, and and the variation is um, okay. Is it the angel <clears throat> of the church in Ephesus, or is it the angel that is among the church in Ephesus? Ephesus, or the one who's going to the church of Ephesus? That that's actually the part where like um, we have that variation in verse one, in verse eight, in verse twelve, in verse eighteen, and then also uh, chapter three, verse one. Uh, and so the, th the thing that's kind of worth then considering is if you were to take it as like the, the messenger who is like among or something like that, okay. um, that, that would sort of suggest kind of what we talked about last time that perhaps it's like the, the pastor, the pastor or like the preacher who's in that area, or maybe even like the bishop, the yeah. one who is kind of like sent to them. 
in, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, and right? I think that's um, what most commentaries I read, that's how they interpreted that, yeah. Right. But um, the thing is, and this is, and this is uh, like, like I was saying here, the other one is, is kind of like an of, which is actually the translation that we have here uh, to the church, to the angel of the church, mm -hmm. um, instead of like two or among the church. And that's actually what you have in the, in the other uh, letters. Like when you go on to like uh, Philadelphia or in um, like, if you go on to like uh, Laodicea, right. It, it's, it's of every time. And so I'm thinking that's kind of why, the translations typically go with of because they're like, well, that variation was only on the first few. So it probably is this. The, the interesting thing to consider is that it could mean, and I'm not sure we talked about this one yesterday, um, that the church itself is the angel, ah, is the messenger, cool. right? That it's the church. It's the church. You know, I mean, you have this kind of, uh, it, you know, there's a kind of, uh, well, I mean, the term's apposition, right? Yeah, but it, yeah. it's one of those things, right, where it's like you're saying that this this angel is is the church in Ephesus. Well, kind of when you have the the words like in the Psalms, like daughter of Zion, yep, right? Yep. It, it's like it doesn't mean that the daughter that Zion gave birth to. It means Z Zion is a daughter, right? Like in in that in that sense, right? Kind of like of God. Um, so it's kind of interesting to consider that we as um, the churches, right, are messengers to these places that we are in, that these, you know, this is very much like the Lord's talk about salt and light, you know, and, and we are the messengers um, who are calling to repentance. And how are we going to do that if we ourselves don't repent? So I don't know, just going to put that out there. What I, do you think? AJ, I, I like that. I love that. Because, I mean, this is the thing that the commentators, and, and you're right, they usually just opt for pastor, which would seem, but I like the thought that it's the entire church that is the messenger, and therefore, here's what you need to be concerned about as a messenger, uh, and that fits the context. I'd really like the con. That That's a great thought. Yeah. It, it you know it, it's there there's there's, reason, there's reasons why you'd want to go with the other one right I mean because like especially when you you look at like you know in the previous thing the, the seven lampstands like in the hey those are the seven churches right yeah, and then yeah. the stars well that's something else right and so that that's kind of I think maybe the big argument for the other one but I just wanted to put it out there that just on the language in chapter two and three you you could kind of work it a little bit differently so just well and, and see I, to me i think the point though that that's the crucial thing because either way you, you go with that the point is still the same we're the church everybody here i'm not a pastor anymore you're an assistant pastor but everybody is the church at wherever you're at ephesus i was at new athens what, what church do you go to out there aj uh, it's saint paul's lutheran church in irvine okay so it's not like you're no that whole body of believers who gather together they're they're the witness they're the messenger and so everyone needs to reflect on what's being said here if nothing right. else i'd like it for that application yeah. yeah 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 well i mean you know it's i mean even even when you do take it as like the pastor right i mean like what is the pastor yeah. doing except for i mean like executing the public office of the keys which are given to the whole church right so i mean it's i mean e either way it just maybe nothing else it just helps us to remember that that it's like it's not as if these letters are like just to the pastors, like, hey, yeah. you guys got to figure this out, right? You know, but it, I mean, it really, and we read the letter, it's, it really clearly feels like it is to the whole church, right? So anyway, so yeah, um, but then to your, to your point, you know, so what do you want to focus on? I, I think the thing that jumps out at me is, is this, 
description of yeah, you, know, you have abandoned the love you had at first. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, it, it's very interesting because he, because he goes starts off with some praise and says basically like, okay, well, you guys are really good with this whole like false doctrine stuff. Exactly. Right? You, exactly. You, you guys, yeah. you guys are on top of that. You're like, no, that's not in the Lutheran confessions. You know, that's not what the book of Concord <laughs> says. Right. Uh, you know, Hey, I know the you, catechism. You've gone from preaching that, to meddling. You better be careful. there, <laughs> Okay. Right. So, so, you know, I mean, like they're really good about the false doctrine stuff, but I have this against you. You abandoned the love you had at first. And it's just, what a scathing critique here. I mean, just, I mean, it's a gut punch here. Um, what, what do you, what do you, what do you make of the, of the criticism that well, you abandoned the love you had. Yeah, and, and see, AJ, I, I, that's exactly how I heard it too. So this is a good church. And, and, and by the way, let's not let's remind everybody that's a good thing. That's a good thing to be concerned about doctrine, which is why I think after he calls to repent, he says, "But you know, I, I'm with you on hating those Nicolaitans there." <laughs> and, <laughs> and again, as you said when we visited a, a couple of weeks ago, we're not talking of an emotional hatred. It's just. Uh, right. and, and we know who the Nicolaitans were. I mean, they're mentioned by the church fathers. I think Eusebius talks about them, and essentially it was a, yeah. a religion of, of uh, sexual immorality. Do whatever you want to do, right? It doesn't matter. God loves you. Who cares? Just do whatever right. you enjoy. Uh, um, so it's not that, that concern for doctrine is not an important thing. But see, these people weren't doing it out of love anymore. They were just doing it because we got the doctrine right. We're pure. We're holy. You're not. And uh, that would be my interpretation. No, the concern for doctrine always, always, comes out of love. That's why we're doing it, because we don't want people to lose the knowledge of God's grace and forgiveness. We don't want them to take that for granted. Uh, uh, so that's why we're concerned. We we don't argue about doctrine because we want to prove we're right. We argue about doctrine because we want people to know the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And every aberration in doctrine somehow leads people away from the forgiveness and love of Jesus Christ. It just does. It, it, that's what makes it a false doctrine. So well, that would be well, my interpretation yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's so this is helpful, right? Because so here's the thing, I think, and this, this, I appreciate you bringing this this back up. We see this again and again. We we kind of emotionalize and psychologize all the words, and it's just it's just not the thrust of of the words almost almost ever. Um, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, when it says something like in the Psalms about like you know. My, my spirit is broken and like uh, I, I am, in, I wet my bed with tears. It's like, okay, that he's talking about emotions. Yes, okay. But, clearly. but I mean, <laughs> but like when it's like, when it's not doing that, it, it kind of seldom is. Um, and, and so we, we psychologize it. And so what we do is we say like, oh, so the, tr the problem about the church in Ephesus, um, and we're just going to, I think maybe just let alone a little bit uh, where each of these churches yeah, are, because yeah, I don't yeah, we'll have yeah. any time to talk about no, 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 no. anything else if we just do geography today. So just kind of saving that, um, <clears throat> that we, we psychologize and say, oh, look, there, here's their problem. These guys are the frozen chosen, right? Yeah, like these yeah. guys are the ones, they don't have love. They aren't nice to people. All, everything's about doctrine and they're not very loving, right? Well, see, that's not what he said in, in, in verse four here. He, he said, you have abandoned the love you had at first and, and like consider right what he says remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the works you did at first yes yes so again the the at the first thing and we and we got to stop and remember um okay this image of uh, abandoning your first love now what what does that mean does that mean that you're not a loving person well actually kind of the opposite. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you think of the word, um, amorous, right. 
that doesn't necessarily mean somebody who uh who has like given up on love but the problem is they have redirected their yes. love elsewhere right and and like if you want a really good uh way of fleshing this metaphor out look at proverbs 5 right and and there in proverbs 5 verse 18 let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth and there's some other um, imagery of what happens when you don't just limit yourself to the wife of your youth um, and the bad consequences that come from that. And, and the clear juxtaposition comes in verse 20. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? Um, and the iniquities of the wicked ensnare him and he is held fast in the cords of sin. So, I mean, this is the same image and language that we've seen all over scripture. The idea of basically cheating on God, not because you don't love, but because you've decided to start loving other things too. And now you've got these loves competing and it's seen in the works because this is, and this is a, you know, brother, we were talking about like, you know, why are we doing revelation? Right. And, and this, I guess that's a, just, this will be the closing thought. And then I want you to um, give a respond here when we get back from our break. But when you go back to John, the gospel of John, right? How did Jesus himself, our Lord, talk about love, right? When you, when you go back to what he said, and when you go and you look back at John um, like 14, 12, right? Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do. And 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He connects love with doing the works, with keeping the commandments. So the problem here isn't that they're 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 icy or stoic or something like that. The problem is their works don't match up with the love of God. So they have they talk a good talk, but the works are not in alignment. So uh, I just opened up a big thing. I gotta have <laughs> your your take on this. Um, this short break here. When we get back, we'll uh, flesh this out a little bit more, looking at Revelation chapter 2 here on Thy Strong Word. Be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Revelation chapter 2, these letters to the seven churches. And we're joined today by one of our regular guests. He's Pastor John Lekumsky. He's the co-host, one of the co-hosts of Wrestling with the Basics, Saturdays on KFUO at 9 a.m. Central. And right, we just looked at these first seven verses of Revelation chapter 2, and the, this comment of abandoning the, the first love, not doing the works that you had at first. Yeah. I mean, so what, what, what do you think, brother? I mean, I think this is, it's not about like the emotions and stuff. I mean, this, this is the problem is you're, you're not acting right with the devotion 
that you had at first, right? In the same way we talk about being devoted to your spouse, right? Um, and those acts of love, those have faded, even even though you still maintain some of the good doctrine stuff. And 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 you get you get that in in the opposite in verse six. Uh, yet you have this: you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Again, hate is not an emotional word there, uh, uh, but it is it is to say we reject that. We we, we will not support that. Uh, if, if there are right. works that flow from love, then they're also the opposite of things that we we reject. Uh, right. And hate is used there, and, and it is interesting. Again, it's not we don't hate the Nicolaitans. We we love them. We would love for them yes. to repent. But again, no, you can't be doing these kind of things. This is contrary, as you said. If you love me, you're going to follow my commandments. So yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And, and again, so it's the church that says, well, because I've got the doctrine right. That's that's all that matters. But but no, where you if you really have the doctrine right, if it really well, is the, the love of God, we we will love as He's first loved us, and then that'll show itself in the actions. Um, you you want because then you got this beautiful conclusion though. It, it, now they got to repent. Again, if they just continue, you know, all bets are off. Uh, but where there is repentance. Uh, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Uh, and we have that repeated over and over again. So let me just get that out of the way right now. I, I think this, about <laughs> who has an ear, that that's reminding us, you're not going to do this. This isn't going to come from your will. I'm not asking you to make some choice or decision for me that you're going to be better. But if you listen to me, if you listen to my word, the Holy Spirit, he's going to work these things in you. That's, the, that's what I'm calling you here. When I call you to repent, I'm not just calling you to say you need to do better now, but I'm calling you to listen and pray and ask my help uh, and and confess your sins, and then the spirit will come, and and the the, the word that we, and, and again see we could spend a whole half hour hour this to the one who conquers, which is the other thing that will come up over and over again. And unfortunately, AJ, I left my notes at home because I had all of these passages where where the word conquers in the Bible always refers to Jesus. Oh yeah yeah he, no conquers yeah. yeah 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 no that that it's kind of fun too actually because it's uh it's a word that sounds a lot like the word for nicolaitans yeah right? is I'm it a, the, is the, it a the, play on words there i didn't know that well it could could yeah. be anyway yeah. i mean i don't the, the nico part at the beginning is the okay. same anyway um but yeah no actually and we were just mentioning before the break the um well and what it was yeah the, the revelation commentary from brighton and, yeah. and i think he actually might like like list them there or something well um, I mean, he, he breaks them down anyway, that there's uh, 28 in the New Testament and, uh, yeah, but basically it's, it's this, yeah, Christ's victory. And, you know, I, I always uh, remember, um, the, uh, the altar that I saw back in St. Louis where like on the front, it says, you know, Jesus conquers is victorious, yeah. that, that same word, right? It's, it's the Nike word, right? Yes, like it victory, is. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh. I appreciate you kind of like us bringing us here so we can try to make it on to verse eight here. But yeah, like it's, it's, um, it's not that, you know, okay, so you, you need to kind of like, you know, work up your love or something like that, or like, you know, just kind of stir up more love. But, you know, how, how do we, you know, come to love God? Well, by hearing his words and his words are the things that actually stir up our spirit. And, and yeah, by talking about this in terms of conquering and the tree of life that is um that that is it's just a really interesting way of talking about it yeah the victory is in jesus but we don't necessarily talk about it all the time in terms of victory and um you know i mean in that word there like uh, the paradise of god i mean that's that's that word this is the same word that's used in the septuagint the uh, the greek old testament uh, for the garden of eden yes yes yep yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, which you see with the tree of life bit. And and of course, all of this stuff comes up at the end of the book of Revelation again. And it's almost like we've started with paradise and a tree of life, and now we're ending with paradise and a tree of life. And and it's like the whole thing has finally come to final accomplishment. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, but Atelius, is that the word for completion and... and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Be, being complete, you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, so just last question then on this here. So, I mean, okay. So, why, why put, why talk about this in terms of um, conquering, though? I mean, like it, it. What we just, what we just talked about, right? Was, hey, hey, you've abandoned your first love, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I. Um, so what? I mean, is, is this the idea we need to kind of like, uh, you know, people talk about uh, love as a conquest sometimes, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> what's, yeah, yeah. What's hang on, so like, so so why why is it like the one? Why why are we why are we putting it like this, right? Like in, in terms of like the one who conquers, though. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, AJ. <laughs> it is interesting, though, that it kind of picks up the language that we had a couple of weeks ago when we were still back in Zechariah. We had all those war images about Judah yeah. being yeah. The, the bow and, and Ephraim the arrow. and uh, uh, But I, I think that's the point. We, we're at war. This is a war we're at. Uh, uh, but but we're going to conquer because he's conquered, and, and he met them all. He met sin, he met death, he met the devil, and he overcame all of them. And those are our right. three enemies, and, and uh, uh, we're going to conquer too. We're going to get that paradise and the tree of life. Uh, but again, right. like you said, as, as uh, Dr. Brighton points out, or better said, as the Scripture points out, when you're talking the conquering language, you're always talking Jesus' language. You cannot use that word apart from what the Bible right. says about him being the conqueror. And so well, I, that's and, where I would go, sin, death, and the yeah. devil. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and and, um, and particularly, though, right, I mean, not not even just us, Jesus generally, but, I mean, remember the image that we saw last time, right, in chapter yeah. 1, um, that from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And, and we'll get you that know, again in this chapter, yes. Yeah, exa yeah. Exactly, right. So when you talk about this idea, you know, and talk about like armor of God, which we saw back in like Isaiah, and it gets picked up um, by by Paul and talks about like the, the sword of like the spirit, right? I mean, it's... um. I mean, we're, t we're talking about this idea of, of the word is the thing that does the battle, right? Yes. Which, yes. On, which on the one hand means don't go think that we're going to like engage in the spiritual warfare and, you know, like I'm going to be super Christian and I'm going to like defeat, you know, demons and things like that. Um, it, it's not really going there so much as it is the, the thing that does the work, the thing that that actually, you know, stand, like, can can prevail against the gates of Hades, right? is is the word of god and so i think that in this in all of these here right in one way or another because you made the you made a really nice point if you actually had the doctrine right yeah <laughs> the works yeah. the works would be good too right i yeah. mean i mean that's yeah. just the thing it's like you the can kind of have the doctrine right the in tree. your head yeah 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 exactly you can think you have the doctrine right in your head but it's like it only is like it, you're kind of like fooling yourself you're kind of like I, I don't know why you're kind of leaving out key parts or kind of like putting a weird slant on it. Um, if it's kind of all working in your head the right way, but it's not actually getting lived out. And so with, with all of these things, there, there is a problem with, with, uh, the word of God, right? Like the, the solution is that they would, they would turn to the word of God, that they would hear right to what the spirit is saying in that word that, you know, as we were saying, you know, uh, what 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 did Jesus say back in John fourteen? Right, um, if you love me, right, you will obey my commandments, yeah. Yeah. my my word, basically, right. So all of these problems, in one way or another, 
um, are are dealing with uh, the church's problem problematic relationship to the Word of God, which is the thing that will let them conquer. Um, and, 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 and that's the solution. And I think I think the other reason now now why this war imagery comes up, this image of conquering, because the problem as Christians is we get complacent, and we just think, oh, everything's yeah. going fine, my life's doing all right, everything's. And, and 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 you know, Luther said, if you could see the fiery arrows that the devil was aiming towards you, you you would never ask why you should go to the Lord's supper. And so I think maybe that's the reason too. This remembrance that. Maybe life is fairly peaceful. I think probably for a lot of people that are listening to this right now, things are probably going along pretty good. But you need to remember that the enemies are still out there, and they haven't given up, and they're working on you. In fact, they're trying to use these times of blessing to make you complacent and lazy. So you butter always—and and you hit it right on the head. What's the answer? You're going to overcome this, your hard work, your effort, not—no, uh, that's exactly what they want you to think, the enemies. No, you got to go back to the one who conquers. you got to go back to the armor, the sword. Uh, and by the way, isn't that interesting that it's the sword of the Spirit and isn't the armor the Word of God? I think that's the language that Paul uses. So you're absolutely right, AJ. That, that's the right. That's yeah. how you conquer, the Word of God. Uh, uh, yep. So. so, so as as you were saying, that that sets up a pattern, and so we'll, we'll yeah. see these these words again and again. But so so for that reason, I think we can go through these last three a little bit faster. I think and, so. Yeah. And like you were saying, we've got to save time for Thyatira. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go through Smyrna and Pergamum a little bit fast. Let's go ahead and read Smyrna now. The next two verses, or uh, rather four verses here, starting in verse eight. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write. The words of the first and the last, who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. So again, the same thing we had in the first letter. We got this reference back to chapter 1, the words of the first and the last who died and came to uh-huh. life. That's a direct right. quote from chapter 1. Uh, yep. You know, this is kind of it because we don't really see if there's any sin to repent of. Perhaps it's their fear and says, do not fear. But but essentially, this is the church that's just getting beaten up. And, and you know, we just talked about the, why the language of, of, of war, of conquering. Well, because we got the devil, and he's, he is he, he, in mm-hmm. the synagogue of Satan, and, and they're going to seem to be winning the battle. They're going to be throwing you to prison. You're going to be tested. Uh, but, of course, this, this beautiful, comforting word, but only for 10 days. Okay, it's not forever. It's limited. Uh, in fact, it's God who's going to determine how long it will be. Uh, but in the end, yeah, you'll be faithful unto death, and you'll have the crown of life. Um, so that one's a little right. bit more straightforward. We, we all have times yeah. when we are persecuted. Uh, and, of course, in our flesh, the devil loves to prick that fear, loves to make us cause to have doubts and everything. But that, that's okay. The, the Lord is still going to be there. He, he's going to take care of this, both in terms of the, the length and duration and the severity of the tribulation. But, of course, right. the promise is clear about the crown of life and, and uh, what will happen even after death. See, faithful unto death would imply we are going to die. So the devil, in that sense, is going to win. Well, not really. <laughs> when we die, right. that's when he loses, see? Right now, he can keep the battle going with you and me. But once we die, he, he can't fight us anymore. And, and he we're going to be amongst those who've conquered, yeah. 
Well, it's like it's like we're getting at the end, right? The question yeah. is uh, the second death, yeah. right? Because right, because there's this uh, there's this thing called the resurrection, and, right. and those who are part of the resurrection, right? They don't they don't die that second death. I mean, the the resurrection is that is the real moment where like the the conquering and the victory, right? Like just it's just fully pronounced, and there's full vindication and all of it, right? So, uh, right, right. It, it is um <clears throat> to what you were saying before, though. It is uh, striking. I feel like it's a good example of lying gospel, like as yeah. a preaching balance in, in practice here, because this is this is not like, oh uh, well, you know, we, we got to make sure we got law and gospel here. So let me <laughs> criticize you for something, right? Just I'll pick something. Okay, well, hey, you know what? You you forgot to do that last Sunday, right? Like, no, I mean, actually, pretty much just not even here, right? Yeah. But I mean, that, yeah. that's 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 the thing, you know, what like Walter talks about, like with law and gospel, it's like. You, you got to know who you're talking to and like, what the person needs to hear. And that's a very pastoral um, concern. And, you know, it's for that reason you look at like Walter's sermons and like, well, I don't know. I guess, I guess there were like a lot of times where he found himself with people who needed to hear the law because there's a lot of Walter oh, sermons yeah. that are like almost yeah. all yeah. law, yeah. you yeah. know, but like, but here it's like all gospel. And it seems to be, as you were saying, because not even just that, like they were being persecuted, but like there were, it was really, really bad persecution that was going on. And one that was actually probably because it was an instance where um, the, the the Jews there, like those who were like in the synagogue, yes, were yeah. probably in an alliance of some kind with the authorities, um, which made things just miserable, right? So, I mean, just just very gracious how the Lord Jesus just reaches out with just just gospel and encouragement and says despite this, the circumstances, know that you're rich, know that you'll receive a crown, right? I mean, like just all the language of, of riches, despite the, the poor afflicted appearance, right? And, and so what the really great lesson is here, so you got suffering and tribulation, and, and what the devil wants to put in your head right away is, oh, you must be doing something wrong. God must right. be punishing you. And right. yet the clear reference here is, no, 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 no. Of course your sinners were not denying that. This is why you're going to die. But no, no, this is just a thing that happens. Uh, the devil does just like Job. But the Lord always in, wins. Yeah, you're still going to be the conquerors. So I like that thought. Yeah, there's nothing here to criticize this church, but the church is definitely being attacked by Satan. And again, that's why I think the language of the battle. The more we do this, I can... Yeah. So, so yeah. we're not fighting people, and maybe we need to do that when we get into doctrinal debates. We're not really concerned about debating a person but there are these demonic teachings, and man, we need to mark those out uh, as right. demonic. Uh, well, yeah. anyway, I'm ready to go on yeah. because we, yeah. we, you got, aren't we running out of time here? You're, you got yeah, that's right. No, we, we, we got it. That's yeah. right. That's right. We got it. We got to keep rolling here. All right. So here's Pergamum, then, right? Like the the most fun word. Well, I know Thyatira is pretty fun yeah. too, but okay, Pergamum, right? Just sounds like one big mumble. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and to the angel of the church in Pergamum, right? The words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. So there I know it is where again. you dwell. You, you referred to that earlier. Yeah, yep, yeah. that's right. All that's right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast to my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. 
So also you have some who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. So here you've got really the opposite situation you had of the church at Ephesus. So yeah, if, if Ephesus a, uh, was praised because they were keeping the doctrine, this church is criticized because uh, uh, they've been tolerating this teaching of Balaam and this teaching of the Nicolaitans, although they're still persecuted. Isn't that that and and he praises them for that that they still remain faithful despite the persecutions. And apparently, a person actually by name that was uh, a martyred amongst that church, Anipus. Yeah, uh, and yet strangely enough. They're they're still allowing and 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 uh, these false teachings to go on. That seemed like a kind of a contradiction of terms. I think if I was willing to die for the faith, but uh, well, that just shows, I guess, that you can be ready to be martyred and yet still not have things right, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's um well, and I think we're going to kind of see this um you know next time when we get to the, the, the kind of the famous um Laodicean. Um, you know, lukewarm yeah, thing yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. but but you know, when we look back at Ephesus, right? It's like they they on the one hand, uh, at, at least they don't go along with the works of the Nicolaitans, yeah, right? And, yeah. and they don't do those, but they aren't really doing the works, right, of Jesus Christ, yeah, right? Like yeah. I mean, like those works of love. I mean, so so you kind of got this, like you know, well, at the, they don't go that far, but on the other hand, they they aren't really really sticking with the like the original works that you know they were doing at first and well, so um, AJ, this seems I, to be just, kind of i'm sorry yeah, the, the image just came to mind about jesus talking about the man who was possessed by a demon you know you can cast out the demon but if you don't mm. put something else in it then another seven demons are going to come and fill him up so okay it's a good yeah. thing you got rid of the evil but there's got to have the love that's got to be in there and that's well, where it started yeah yeah, yeah. i'm right, sorry right that image just came to my mind well, well, yeah, no, I mean, and it kind of compliments the idea of like, you know, full or empty or, you know, if you're, yeah. you know, full of lukewarm water, I mean, like all these kind of images, they kind of, um, they fit together in this way of like, you know, kind of like what, you know, you remember like the Lord's, for instance, his own teaching, right? You know, like how, how is it the case that out of a man, well, I mean, this is a, I mean, I think this is actually through, through James, right? Um, but like, you know, how is it that like, you know, can, can salt water and fresh water come out of the yeah, same yeah, spring, right? Yeah. Like that blessings and curses come out of the same mouth, right? So it seems like maybe that's a little bit of what's going on in Pergamum, that maybe they are, um, you know, holding to the works of, of their first love, right? Which is evidenced by their fervor that is to the point of um, withstanding martyrdom, but they're also going along with the works of the Nicolaitans, right? And so it's like, uh, you know, rather than, I don't know, like turning the volume down on both speakers, like, um, th- like, like Ephesus has, like yeah. they turned the volume up on both. Right. I mean, so it's just, uh, you know, kind of, there's two different ways to fall off the, fall off the horse. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that, see, now I, I really appreciate that because that's the thing the scripture emphasizes. There's ditch on ditches on both sides of the road. And, right. and and the path is narrow, and that's our problem. Sometimes we think by emphasizing one thing because of this other problem, but then we end up falling and and, and doing something just as worse, just as yeah. bad, not worse. But well, anyway, well, well, right. Yeah. And it's really ironic too, right? To think that I don't know, maybe it's like Ephesus, like was like de-emphasizing works, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and and as they did that, 
well, they also ended up avoiding the works of like the Nicolaitans. But ironically, if you emphasize works like in Pergamum, maybe you end up going along with that, right? I mean, yeah. I, I feel like crazy. Yeah. And I, and I, don't, I don't know if, if it's really kind of quite getting there here in the text, but I feel like this is lived out when you observe things that if you overemphasize works, it really weirdly <laughs> comes around that you end up with all of these closeted um, evil works because everyone's kind of like so concerned with appearances, right? Like, so it's just very paradoxical that if you like, if you overemphasize good works, um, and, you and, end up. And it brings ahead. it back to what what you started with, with the fact that all of this is calling people to repentance. And yeah. so, somewhere as you're reading these letters, you need to find yourself, right, both yeah. of the good and the bad. Wouldn't you say, Ag? I think we should find ourselves. We are sometimes overcoming these things and and persecutions and everything with the help of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, we need to be painfully aware. There's still these sinful things that we're, we're forgetting our first love. Maybe we're tolerating false teachings that we shouldn't be tolerating. It, it's always a thing that we need to be kind right. every day, right? That's what Luther said. Yeah. The life of the Christian is daily repentance. Sure. Right. Now, now, let me throw some out to you. I don't know, because you don't have to stop. You want to talk about the hidden man of the white stone, the new name? Because oh. I read I read a okay, half I'll make, dozen I'll things. Make, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll make I'll make a deal with you. If we get through Thyatira and we uh, have extra time, we'll do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's let's take a look here at the, at the last section here. Okay. <laughs> to the church in Thyatira, verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And and honestly, this this is the one that I just sweat it over and i i don't know see i can take those first three letters and i know churches that are like those churches and, yeah. and yet i'm not sure what who is and, and you know what the even brighton didn't help on this I, I read linsky and you just get a long list you know who's the it was there literally a woman by the name of jezebel what one of the variant readings yeah. says it not not that woman but that wife so was this the wife of the bishop was it a nosy pastor's wife or something oh, or, or an interfering pastor's wife yeah. or, or is yeah. this symbolic for something and and i'm just it's a tough one um, yeah. I don't know. So did, did, did God give you any insights about what, what, I, I, you know what I think is really good here? I, this much I did yeah. get, that God yeah. gives people a chance to repent. 
I thought that was cool because obviously yes. this Jezebel is an evil, wicked person. But he said, I, "I'm giving her time. I'm giving her time." Uh, uh, but right. wait, but, mm-hmm. but but what do you, where do you go with this? What did you see in this? AJ? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and um, my goodness, yeah, I only have like a minute here. Oh so just, shoot! It, yeah, okay. yeah. So I will. I guess I'll I will try to briefly answer that question and sum things up for the day because okay. that's where we're at. Yeah, but. Uh, one of the things I noticed is that this feels very similar to the church in Pergamum. Like yep. when you, there's actually a lot of similarities. Like you look at the word, the name Jezebel, right? Which re- refers to this. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, there could have been a literal one here who's also named Jezebel. The names often repeat, right? Yeah. But Jezebel but was likely. a very prominent figure of wickedness back yeah, in Kings, Ahab's wife. right? Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. And um, and then so similarly here, right? You got Balaam, right? Yep. Mentioned in, yep. in Balak there in the yeah. church in Pergamum. Um, in in both cases you have what this mention of sexual immorality yep. right and food sacrifice to idols so i mean there's actually like a lot of similarities between the two so i i feel like in a lot of ways if if we're feeling like hang on what's the weird distinctive special thing with thyatira and we can't find it well it might be because it's kind of basically the same yeah. problems as in pergamum <laughs> um except that in in this case here with thyatira we're kind of dealing with a very specific sort of things with this kind of deep things of Satan and this Jezebel prophetess, right? So it might be kind of more specific, but it's the same kind of thing. And overall, of course, all of these, right, as as we keep seeing again and again, and here at the end, you have the connection, right, that you have the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end. They're actually, the text itself connects it, right? Conquering is by holding on to the word of God, right? Just like what Jesus said, in, in John chapter 14, right? It's it's his love, it's him in the, in the spirit and the father making their home among us is what lets us conquer. No matter what the situation is, he is the answer and the one who conquers. So as, as, as best as I could, we're already over time, but brother, we, we looked at a difficult chapter. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, I look forward to having you on again. I maybe, maybe one more in Revelation before, uh, before <laughs> we move on. So God be with you, AJ. You, you too, brother. Everybody, that was Pastor John Lukumski, pastor in Southern Illinois, and also co-host of the KFUO program, Wrestling with the Basics, 9 o'clock Saturdays, Central Time. Moving on to Revelation chapter 3. Until then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Quick shout out. Thank you, Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word. Produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.